Well, good day, friends. Welcome to Wednesday, May the 4th, to uh, today's episode of Enough for Today. I am so glad you've joined me today. We're in Psalm 47, and so uh, find your Bible, find your spot there. Psalm 47 is a psalm of celebration and worship and exaltation of God. And what we do on Enough for Today, and some of you are newer to the process, we are two plus years into this. We're going through the Psalms, verse by verse. Personally, it's a goal of mine to teach through the Bible. And so on Sunday mornings, we're going through the Gospel of John, uh, section by section. We've been through many other books of the Bible as a church family at Emmanuel. And, uh, and then the way I'm getting through the longest book of the Bible is through Enough for Today. So I don't know, a year, two, three, maybe from now, we will turn the corner. We will have finished Psalms and we'll move on to another book together. Uh, and maybe I hope you'll still be with me and maybe some friends of yours. And uh, so we are in Psalm 47. Last night we had just the most wonderful school concert. And I wish I had time to tell you the story of Emmanuel Christian Academy and how God has has re, has preserved our school uh, over the years. We've been here 10 years now in Connecticut. Uh, there were a lot of times I just did not know if our school would survive and um, what God's will in the matter was. It was a huge source of stress and distress um, and putting it back into the Lord's hands and trusting him and waiting on him. But last night, hundreds of kids on the platform singing uh, about God and hundreds and hundreds of parents all across the auditorium um, celebrating the growth of their children. And so what a joy, what a blessing. Psalm 47 is a celebration and it's good uh, for us to celebrate our God and no matter what's going on in your life, if you know God through Jesus, you have a reason to celebrate today. Now, I look outside today and it's cloudy and gray and rainy, which is pretty typical of spring in uh, Connecticut. But you know what's happening all around Connecticut? Things are blooming. Things are getting nourished. Uh, so the gray, cloudy, rainy days are um, nourishing days. They're times when the whole ground is soaking up all that nutrients and the trees are getting stronger and the flowers are getting ready to blossom. And all around, um, you, you, the pastel colors are exploding in New England. And so uh, God knows what he's doing, even on the rainy and the cloudy and the gray days. And sometimes he's building you more deeply and he's nourishing you uh, more healthily towards, um, towards his greater end in your life. So you always have something to celebrate. You always have a reason to rejoice in what God is doing. Now, we're going to pick it up in verse 3. So yesterday, oh, clap your hands. How does God want to be worshipped? He wants us to clap. He wants us to celebrate. Shout. He wants us to lift our voices with a voice of triumph. Why? Because of who he is. He is terrible to his enemies. He is a great king over the whole earth. So he's sovereign. He's in total control. But look at verse 3. He shall subdue the people under us, the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved, Selah. Now, at first verse, you wonder what's in these at first glance. Uh, sometimes my mind gets ahead of my mouth, and I'm sorry for that. Sunday, I said the funniest thing. I said, uh, family week is Mother's Day. And my brain was somehow trying to say next week is Mother's Day for your family. And I just mushed the words all together. I was in a hurry and talking about cinnamon rolls. But anyway, if I ever do that on here, I'm sorry. I'm not totally losing my mind. I'm just excited about what I'm saying. My mind gets ahead of myself. He shall subdue 
the people under us and the nations under our feet? What's there for me? What's there for you? Well, let me start by saying what's not there for us, okay? <laughs> Excuse me. This is not a verse about dominionism. Now, this is where the nation of Israel took these kinds of verses, not just nationalism, like we love our nation and our country, but dominionism, like we're going to rule the whole earth. We are the Jews, we are the nation of Israel, we are God's people, and he's promised us uh, that we're going to control everything, okay? So we're not talking about dominionism, and in fact, there's an entire strand of theology that takes what Israel did with their nationalistic uh, pride and exploded into idolatry. We want to rule the earth. And it does that to Christianity. Um, it takes, it perverts the teaching of the Bible into what's called Christian dominionism. That is the root of Catholicism, but it's not just the root of Catholicism. It's the root of other strands of, of Christian theology, unbiblical Christian, quote unquote, theology uh, that says, you know, we're going to rule, um, uh, we're going to take over. Let me, let, me, let me back up for a minute. We are going to rule and reign with Jesus, okay? So that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about the idea that as Christians, we're going to just take over because we're, or that we are, let me tell you, another uh, not so distant strand of this theology is that we're going to bring in the kingdom, okay? Uh, waiting for Christ to set up his kingdom is biblical. Um, going going a, a step further that we are going to manufacture that kingdom, we are going to make it happen, is not biblical in, in, the, in the truest sense. Uh, there, there may be a sense of that, that um, we are growing his kingdom on mission, so we, we are participating in the formation of his kingdom. But, but in a political sense, in a social sense, we're not, ar- we're not the architects or the executors of that kingdom, okay? Jesus will, is, he is the architect. I'm going to prepare a place for you, okay? I will come again. And he is the executor. Very clearly in scripture, he brings it to pass, okay? So we are on mission. We have a mission to occupy, to evangelize, to disciple, to... Uh, to grow together and to uh, be the church he's called us to be in our particular locales. Um, So we are, in the sense, growing the kingdom. We're not bringing it in. We're certainly not manufacturing it in terms of political operation, okay? And that's that's where the big line is. When it becomes political, when the gospel or the church becomes married to political operatives or operations or um, political alliances or political, you know, we are going to force, we're going to bring it by force. Christianity, the gospel, a relationship with God has never, never been, uh, biblically been imposed by force. It is a choice of a repentant heart and a, a, a soft heart and a sincere heart. So anything that uh, tries to impose itself uh, in the terms of Christian dominionism is a dangerous idea, and it goes down a very bad road. There are uh, different extremes of it. Uh, you know, there's, there's, a, um, there's, there's a range of applications of what that looks like. 
The softest view is we, we're, we're bringing in the kingdom of Jesus, the millennial reign, or we're serving in the millennial reign somehow right now, you know, uh, artificially or, or not, not, not artificially, but, you know, supernaturally. It's mystical. It's out there somewhere. Uh, the, the, mo- the hard-edged, the more dangerous version of it is we're going to bring it through political uh, operation and takeover. We're, you know, like, like a Christian takeover. That's not God's idea. And, uh, and that's an unbiblical thought. So, okay, I'm getting into the weeds a little bit, but let's go back to this verse. He shall subdue the people under us, the nations under our feet. What is the sense of that? Well, in the original authorship of this, it would have been simply that God brought this great victory of wiping out the army of the Assyrians uh, for the nation of Israel, rescuing them when they had no hope. So he literally just imposed his will, just like I'm talking about that Jesus will do. He dropped the enemies and subdued them and brought the nations that were rising up against his people under uh, subjection. He defeated them. So that's the, that's the historical sense of it. Again, Israel perverted the real idea. What is the real idea for us today? Uh, that God is sovereign, that he's a king, that he's a conqueror, that he's a hero, that he's going to save us from everything that threatens us. He will subdue all of our enemies as Christians. He will subdue ultimately the whole earth. And he will bring the whole earth under his reign and his will and his sovereign uh, conclusion to, to time and space. Uh, so he will subdue. Now, what is the more up-close, personal sense of it? And this is important, friend. It means that as you go through your day, you can trust that God's in control. And uh, don't try to take things into your hands. Follow him. Trust him. Um, let him subdue your circumstances. Let him subdue your own spirit, your own attitude. Let him subdue the challenges that rise up against you. Let him subdue the enemies that threaten you. Don't take matters into your own hands in terms of vengeance, in terms of uh, doing uh, you know, what you think is just. Don't take justice into your own hands. Let God fight your battle. Uh, that's the real sense of it for us. And then verse 4, and I'll be quick. He shall choose our inheritance for us. I love that because the the the, the idea here is, well, the excellency of Jacob, uh, Jacob is usually in the Old Testament, sometimes in Genesis, it's a reference to a person, okay? But most of the rest of the Old Testament or New Testament for that matter, Jacob is a reference to the nation, okay? Because Jacob's name was uh, turned into Israel, then he had a family, and that family became the nation of Israel by God's promise. So Jacob is a uh, is a nickname for the nation of Israel. You, like like we say the United States of America and we might say the USA or America. Um, it's 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 a vernacular sense of uh, of the nation of Israel. So God is going to make his people excellent uh, and he loves them. So whom he loved So when you have a God who is all-powerful, able to subdue all your enemies and all of your problems and and, and orchestrate your circumstances, you have a God that views you as excellent because he is excellent and calls you loved. What do you do? You take your hands off the steering wheel of your life and you let him choose your inheritance. Now, there's a big concept there, but our inheritance, we don't really have any control over. We are born into it. And we really um, receive it. And so God has a big inheritance for you, my friend. And the sense of this is 
you step back and you trust God's determination for you, not just your eternal inheritance, but your lot in life, your circumstances, your path, your story. Uh, really, what, what you've received in life, you've received from him. So trust him with it. Let him choose your path. Let him choose uh, your, your sustenance. Let him choose your, your story. Let him write your story and let him bless you with the inheritance that he has given you. Why? Because he's good. He loves you and he knows what is best for you. And it's going to be better than you can imagine. My friend, these are some great verses. Good things for you to think about today. I'm not going to take matters into my own hand because God can subdue anything in my life that he wants to. And I'm not going to strive to take care of myself because God will choose my inheritance and he will be better to me than I would be to myself. Happy Wednesday. Hope to see you tonight at groups. And if not, we'll see you tomorrow.